Hoops Heaven proudly brings to you Basketball Hustle. Ellis fumbled the ball. Two on the shot clock. Goes up a prayer. Yes! As he was falling to the ground. It's a three! He shot it literally from the hip. Definitely a highlight. Here come the Billikens. Four on two. McCall. Ellis. Left corner. Bang! From way down under. Cody Ellis. Reddick brings low out away from the best. Stolen away by Cody Ellis. One man to beat. To the hole. He's fouled. Layup. Good. Whistle foul. Held the best. Ellis for the reverse. Oh, through fingertips. What a move. Ellis drops in a bomb. I love seeing Cody Ellis coming out. Feeling good. Ellis. Cody Ellis. Ellis, pull up jumper, Cody Ellis, bang, Cody Ellis, can he stand and deliver, Cody Ellis. Now it's time for another episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. Hello and welcome to Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle for another weekend. Good to be back with you, Cody, because we've got a lot to get through and a lot of excitement happening in the world of the NBL right now. Not quite the same level of drama last week that we yeah. left Matty Knight to, to deal with, but all of a sudden, one week to go in the regular season, and only three teams are locked in to, to reach the playoffs. We've still got, if you want to count, count the Adelaide 36s, technically we've got five teams still fighting for those last three positions, so we'll wait and see how it all plays out this weekend, and we'll try to give some insight into mm-hmm. what we think might happen. A little bit of controversy around the award nominees announced as well, which we'll talk about. We'll hear from Scott Ninnis about a bit of a, a happier time for the Adelaide 36ers, <laughs> which he was he was happy about. So lots for us to get through, Cody, as we prepare for this last round of the, the regular season in the NBL. I'm Chris Pike, but good to have you back, Cody, and I hope you're surviving the warehouse that you're working in right now. Yeah, only just, mate, only just. It's uh, Yeah, it's fairly full on at work, so uh, apologies for, for missing out last week, and geez crazy week to miss out on because there was a, a heck of a lot to talk about probably probably better than I did miss it because we could have spoken for about two or three hours on that and it's, uh, <laughs> but no look happy to be back and uh, still lots going on so uh, looking forward to getting into it no look forward to it as well we've got a lot to catch up on and a lot to look forward to as well of course we're here thanks to Hoop 7 that makes this show possible Cody so anyone that wants any basketball gear any shoes that you can only find at Hoop 7 head to hoop7.com.au or if you're in Perth head to the store on Murray Street Cody and you're gearing up for a new season mm-hmm. are you going to be wearing some some new shoes from Hoop7? Oh absolutely absolutely I already got one one pair I'm sure I'll grab another <laughs> couple but I uh, was in there last week getting the little fellas okay. some, some new shoes for school uh, so yeah always good to be in there and uh, I'm sure I'll be in there a few times over the next uh, month or so. Yeah absolutely alright Cody so before we get stuck into what's happened over the past week because you weren't here last week Maddie Knight had to cover some Interesting things, and probably since we recorded that show, the Pride Round controversy probably Mm -hmm. spilled over even further with, you know, the Cairns Taipans ending up deciding that they couldn't wear the jersey because of some of their players' beliefs, and it really did detract from the whole, the good, the good that the NBL was trying to do with with the the whole Pride Round, and more than anything, I couldn't couldn't help but feel for Isaac Humphreys, who... Mm We, we talked about when he came out earlier in the season that the whole basketball world felt like it was rallying behind him and then this sort of thing pops up and he has to deal with and I think that's unfortunate. But what was your whole take on the, the situation? Oh, yeah, look, I think it, it certainly took away from, uh, from what the NBL was trying to do. You know, there's there's been lots of people going at cans for, mm. for it. And look, I, I do understand that you know, some people have different beliefs and religious beliefs and all that sort of stuff. But, uh, I mean, we saw it with, I think it was Suarez with the Kings yep. who didn't wear it and no yep. one even noticed no. it. So, you know, I, I, I think they kind of went down the, the wrong route of 
making it public knowledge that some of their players didn't want to wear it and all mm. that sort of stuff, whereas the Kings held it close yeah. to their chest and no one even noticed. Well, uh, th- that was the interesting point for me because the, the Taipans only had to, I guess, deal with it publicly because it came out that mm. they had players against it. I, that, that wasn't their choice. So no. how does that sort of thing come out? I mean, it, it's I know that that was the most frustrating part for the Taipans because they wanted to keep it in-house, but all yeah. of a sudden they're reading about it in the media. Mm. Yeah, and that's got to be frustrating because you don't know who's who's leaked it or anything mm. like that. And it could have just been a, a passing comment or someone listening to, mm. to players talking yeah. to each other about it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it, it blows up like that, mm. which isn't ideal. And then all of a sudden, you know, you've got most of the NBL and most of the fans, you know, going at the, mm. the club's neck, um, which isn't ideal. Uh, not ideal, and you know, like we mentioned, it, it did take away from the round, mm. and I'm, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure Isaac was uh, a bit lost for words with it all and how it all went down. Well, all of a sudden, but, uh, he had to deal with a lot of yeah. questions about it, which I mean, he would have preferred to be celebrating, but it, instead, he had to deal with the controversy yeah, side he, of it. He did. He certainly did, and that's not, I'm sure, what he wanted out of mm. out of the round. But uh, especially on the same week, he was making his comeback from injury. Yeah, too. I know, I know. So a lot going on for it. <laughs> but uh, no, look, I think overall. It went really well. Um, it was That's a great. I think was, it's, they're, they're trying to do the right thing. Yeah, it was yeah. fairly well received from from yep. most people. You know, you've always got people that, that don't like mm. that sort of thing, and um, you know, to each their own. But I think that uh, the NBL did an amazing job, and mm. uh, I loved it. I thought it was really good, and mm. it'd be interesting to see in future if if teams come out with actual pride jerseys. And, I think so. Um, yeah, I'm sure that'll because that's unfortunately that champion logo wasn't that recognisable. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. So I'm sure it'll start to evolve over the coming years. Yeah. Um, one last thing, and then we'll get on to. Um, what's happened this week? Um, we haven't had a chance to talk about what happened to, to Harry Froling, and mm. you've you've talked a lot about how how much you think of Harry and how you were just hoping he gets more opportunity. You were starting to play well, and um, I mean, I talked talked with Maddie about it last week, and he really he enjoyed that night in Wollongong, and mm-hmm. you saw how much fun he was ha- having yeah. with that interview with Sam after after the game when Brisbane Brisbane won, and yeah, it looks like he's on the mend at least, but it was just a horrible thing that happened to him. Oh yeah, you know, cowardly act by uh, by old mate. Um, and yeah, look, it's, you, you never want to see that sort of stuff. And I mean, look, it's, it's one of those things that, especially if you're out as a basketball player, you know, you're a bigger presence than most people, especially mm-hmm. a guy like Harry, who's, mm-hmm. who's, you know, a, a bigger human being than most. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he's with some of his teammates. He might've even been with his brother. Mm-hmm. Um, you get those people, especially with when alcohol's involved, you get those people that, uh, come up thinking they're, yeah. you know, tough and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And Harry loves to chat at the best of times, yeah. you know. We've seen that, and uh, I'm sure, I'm sure it wasn't just uh, something that was out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there was a bit of back and forth between mm. between them, but for it to end like that is just ridiculous, yes. and you know, it should never come to that. And I mean, the whole whole coward punch thing is has become such such big news over the past few years, yeah. and you know, it's potential jail time for people that do it now. Yeah. So, I mean, the the Looks like the guy came forward and yep. and trying to explain his side of the story. And I mean, you can explain all you want, but the yeah. fact that you you know you hit someone like that, mm-hmm. um, especially, <laughs> I mean, you don't want it to happen to anyone, but especially someone that's kind of in the limelight as well, yeah. like a, an NBL player. That's not going to go away anytime soon. Mm. So, mm. look, not not good for him, not good for Harry. But uh, it sounds like he's on the mend, and surgery went well, and. Yeah. Um, Everything should be all right. Yep. But uh, no, nah, look, thoughts to the to the Froling family, and yeah. you never want to see that. So I'm sure uh, I'm sure they're all gathering around him and uh, and supporting him. Well. Yeah, uh, and I look forward to Harry being able to come out and tell his side of the story. Yeah. I think they're all very tight lived right now, while it's still 
before the courts and oh, everything. But I, yeah, I feel like Harry's got a, a big story to tell with this, so I look forward to hearing that from him at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Cody. Um, I'll go through the award nominees in a bit more detail later and get your reaction to everything and we'll go through who the nominees are. But what was your general reaction on Monday morning once you saw what the NBL had put out and the, the top three candidates for, for each each award? Overall, pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only one which is a fairly obvious and glaring one mm-hmm. and one that uh, every single person has been talking about is is Shea being in that defensive, mm-hmm. defensive three. Yeah. Um, and absolutely nothing against Shea because I, I do think he is one of the premier defenders of the whole league. Sure. But you can't play half a season mm-hmm. and expect to, to win that award mm-hmm. or even be in the top three. Well, it's not I, right. I don't think any award. No. Yeah. No. You, you know, it's it's not right. You can't play half a season and expect to win that or mm-hmm. if, even be in the top three. So I'm, I'm sure when they came out and he was notified that he was a <laughs> yeah, final, I he's probably he like, wait, surprised. what? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, look, it it is what it is. And, you know, my call for Justin Simon to win it all is mm-hmm. – uh, <laughs> yeah, clearly not, not going to happen now. But, you know, you even see Damo coming out and saying yes. that he thought he was going to win it and now yep. he's not even a, a finalist for it. So um, interesting, interesting to, to see. But, look, I think across the board it was uh, pretty smack on. Well, good timing to bring that up, Cody. So obviously Damo gives his award this on this show as the Damo Award for the best defensive player and he gives his, his 3 two, and mm-hmm. one votes for the best defenders in the league every single week and... Again, again, this past week for round seventeen, I'll, I'll I'll get to it now because we're talking about it. So he, Justin Simon three votes once again because I thought, especially against Tasmania, his job on Milton Doyle was was he incredible. Was awesome. um, yep. So the three votes for him, Antonius Cleveland two votes for what he did up in Cairns, which as we keep talking about, once he puts that Superman cape That's on, he's crazy. he's tough to stop. And yes, Derek Pardon from the Breakers had two really good games. So that means in the Demo Award as part of this show, Justin Simon's on eighteen votes now for the season, and he he can't be beaten. So he's ahead of Antonius Cleveland on twelve, DJ Hogan on eleven, and Derek Pardon on nine. Mm-hmm. So if Damo's surprised, then I think we, we all deserve to be. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> it's it's his award. It's mm. literally his award. So <laughs> it's uh, you know, I yeah, I don't understand it. But look, it'd be interesting to see uh see the votes from from mm. everyone that voted. Even if they do it anonymously, it'd be yeah. great to to see mm. how many people actually voted and Well, it comes from the coaches and the and the captains of each team. Um <laughs> Any idea why they might not have thought as highly as Simon as the rest of us do? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure. I think um, it, it's one of those things that, you know, Sydney play really good team defence. Yep. You know, they, they pack the paint. Yep. And, you know, you, you do. You have guys like Zave who are out yeah. there in the lanes as well. And um, oh, Even on Damo's award, Xavier Cooks is, is in, fi- in fifth spot as well. So they've got two players in the top five. Oh, for sure. For sure. And and look, it's, it's with Melbourne you can see how different it is when Shea's out oh, there. For sure. And yeah. not even just on the offensive end with him running things. Mm-hmm. It's the defensive end and the diving on the ball mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff. So he stands out like a sore yep. thumb when uh, when he's out there. So, like, I, I do understand that. But I still think, like, you know, there's got to be a minimum games played. Mm. And, uh, yeah, look, I'm... Yeah, still dumbfounded, but it is what it is, mate. <laughs> we'll talk about it later, but I, th- I feel like Keanu Pinder probably missed his chance to be nominated for the MVP because yep. he m- perhaps missed too many games. Yeah, but he played, you know, probably seven more games than what yeah. what Shea did. Yep. So um, all right, all right, Cody, we'll, we could get sidetracked on talking about that probably <laughs> for the whole show, but um, let's have a look at what happened in round seventeen. So way back on Wednesday night, the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix beat the Cairns Taipans eighty-five to eighty, and then the New Zealand Breakers um, massive win to end their Huge. losing run over the Brisbane Bullets ninety-nine to seventy-one. Then the Sydney Kings 
beat the Tasmania Jack Jumpers 91 to 77. Perth Wildcats overran the Illawarra Hawks in the end 106 to 86. New Zealand Breakers once again to lock in their playoff spot beat Melbourne United 80 to 74. And then the Cairns Taipans they they got their only win in recent times against the Brisbane Bullets to, to lock in their playoff spot 94 to 87. Tasmania Jack Jumpers a huge finish. I think it was a 22 to 4 run there at one point to beat the Perth Wildcats 102 to 94. Then the Sydney Kings 111 106 over the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. And finally on Monday night the Adelaide 36ers. Felt like we hadn't seen them for for a lifetime, but they yeah. snapped their, their losing streak as well, beating the Cairns Taipans 99 to 96. So um, before I get your thoughts, Cody, what that all means is that the Sydney Kings can't lose top spot, so they've got the regular season title locked away at 19 and 7. The Cairns Taipans are still second at 17 and 10, but they can only stay there if the New Zealand Breakers don't beat both Brisbane and Illawarra in the last round. So the Breakers are third at 16 and 10, and that's when it gets really interesting. So the Jack Jumpers are 15 and 12 in fourth. The Wildcats are still still fifth at 14 and 12. The Phoenix of their season's done, and they just have to wait at 15 and 13. You've got Melbourne United just outside at 14 and 13. And then even just the Adelaide 36 is at 12 and 14 with two games to go. Give me your thoughts on all of that. Uh, lots going on, <laughs> mate. Lots going on. Well, it was it's crazy to think that Adelaide is still a sniff. Mm. I think that is probably the big thing out of all that is that somehow after <laughs> the past you know month or so that they've had, they are still a chance mm. at, at making making the six. It's a very slim chance. <laughs> it, it, it's very slim. Yeah. They, they have to beat both Sydney and Melbourne. Yep. Probably by around yeah, a combined 50 points. Yeah. And they also need the Wildcats to lose to both lose of their both. games. Yeah. So, look, there's a lot there. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot involved in that. Um, but, look, I think, uh, yeah, obviously, congrats to Sydney. They've been the, the bar this whole season. So, yeah. it's it's only right that they uh, that they win the, the regular season title there. Um, Cairns are just absolutely limping to, mm. the, uh, to mm. the finals. So, you know, I think they would have wanted to beat Adelaide so they could lock away that second spot yeah. and... Um, and get their week off. Get their week off. Gives their players some rest yeah. and, and a chance to recuperate a little bit. Um, New Zealand, I think, starting to find their stride again. Yep. You know, they kind of lost their way a bit yep. over the past month. Um, I don't think it's any coincidence that it's gone hand in hand with Barry Brown coming back as well, and mm-hmm. they're having a f- they've got their full group back together. Yep, yep. And I've been I've been talking about that. I know I wasn't on this last week, but. I mean, I end up talking to myself most of the time at home, <laughs> or <laughs> talking at Lauren with her yeah, not listening yeah. to me, or, or talking with Dad if, if he's if he's watching the game as well. And you know, I, I said the same thing. There's no coincidence that you know mm. they get that um, scoring punch off the off the bench back, yeah, and yeah. they're a different team. Yeah. You know, once he's in, I get he's coming off the bench, but he's still playing thirty something oh, minutes yeah, a game, yeah. so he's playing starter minutes. Yeah. He is so important to that team because he opens up the floor for everyone else. Mm. You know, all of a mm. sudden. Brantley's getting his back. You know, Pardon is, is getting a little more open inside. Yep. Will McDowell-White has the opportunity to get downhill better. Mm. Guys like Cam Glidden coming in. Tom Rob Lowe? My guy, Rob. <laughs> man, he's having a great year and it's awesome. Um, just he stretches the floor for him. Yep. You know, they teams have to collapse more in on him because he's so good at getting to the rack. Mm. And he's, he is actually a really good facilitator. Yep. You know, he, he can find the players. Um, so, look, I, I think... There was a while uh, there they couldn't score at all against Melbourne in that... I think they had 12 points in the first 12 minutes yep. of the game. And then all of a sudden, McDowell White and Rob Lowe worked out the pick and roll. Pick and, and, roll yep. and Rob was rolling to the basket. And I think he scored four straight baskets yep. in a row. And he was the one that sparked that, that performance. And then he hit the two big threes yep. in the in the fourth quarter. Oh, for sure. And, you know, he's, he's had... Um, an awesome year, and mm. it's it's really good to see after the last season where he barely played. Yeah. Um, 
just that bit of confidence back into him. And I mean, he's he's a, he's seven foot. Like <laughs> yeah. you, you can't teach that. No. So you know, especially in this league where you know lots of the bigs are those more athletic, six yep. nine ish guys. Mm. To have have a guy like Rob he can just finish over top. Yeah, yeah, finish over top. He's got good hands. He finishes well around the rim, yeah. and then he can step out and knock that three down. Yeah. So he's he's a he's a threat from from everywhere. And when you got a guy like Will McDowell White coming off the ball mm. screen, you know it's it's uh, he, he makes it fairly easy. Yeah. So no, look, I, I think uh, I think they're gonna they're gonna uh, probably push for that second spot. I think, and uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be interesting to see uh, the, this last couple of games for them. Cats just got to <laughs> they just got to win one. Mm. They've just yep. got to win one, yep. right? Tough couple. But. It, yeah, it's a tough couple, but at the same time, I feel like the Taipans have kind of conceded that they won't be finishing second, so yeah. they don't have a lot to play for. And we, we can talk about it later when we get to our preview, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see some some guys rested from the Taipans. And mm-hmm. certainly from a Sydney Kings point of view, they've got nothing to play for. So yep. I don't know if we'll see their full team. And they've got, they've got the famous Doomsday Double, they which do. I'll ask you about later as well, Cody. But um, I know that Wildcats are playing the top two on paper, but... Probably the ideal time to get both of those yeah. two teams. Oh, I totally agree with you. Totally agree. I think uh, I think Forty will be trying to rest some of his guys. Look, mm. I think Taj is so hurt right now. You yeah. can see that in the Adelaide game, and he would have only played that game because they had to. There win. was there yeah. was second spot riding on sure. him, right? Yeah, he he did not look healthy, and then he no, took he another couple of tumbles that looked like they hurt quite a bit. Yes. Um, I know they were saying that he can't hurt himself anymore. It's just how much pain he can play through, mm. but. But if you're not 100%, and if you're not 100, are you? I guess it's the old question: Are you you doing more help than hindering if you're out there when you're not at your best? Well, and especially the way he plays, right? So he's not a spot-up shooter. Although (laughs) he's shot more threes (laughs) in these last two games since he's been hurt than, uh, and that's because you know he doesn't have that same explosiveness Mm. off the dribble, Mm. and um, you know when you're hurt like that you're kind of a bit more tentative to go to the rack because you don't want to get hit. You don't want to land on it again. You yeah. don't want to do all that sort of stuff. And so, you also don't have that same ex- explosiveness with that first step to, to, exactly. to get an advantage. Well, exactly, and that's what he's made his living off here. Yeah. So, yeah, look, I think uh, I think Perth, like you said, while they're playing the top two teams, they're, they're hitting those two teams at the right time. Mm. I'm not sure what Sydney will do. Mm. Um, I'm not sure if, if Buford will just play the same way he's been playing. Mm. Um which it wouldn't surprise me because they got a really young group. Yep. You know, and they've also got a break then before their semi-final series. Well, so that's the thing. Perhaps you still do go full full at it. That's the thing. And look, you don't play guys like Zave thirty-seven minutes, no, right? No, no. You play him mid twenties, maybe. <laughs> the thing they've got going for them is their bench can mm-hmm. get them going. Yeah. Like their bench yeah. is, you know, just as good as yeah. as their yeah. starting unit. Yeah. And we've seen that throughout the year, which is why they're so tough. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. So oh, look, I think Perth at least get one of those, if not both, um, and and certainly solidify themselves in that in that six that uh, most people, including myself, had them written off. You know, a couple of months ago. Yeah. Last one on Cairns. Um, horrible luck for Keanu Pinder. Yeah. I, I'm not sure we'll see him again this season because no. he's got a, a fracture to his orbital bone. Um, he, he's having all sorts of trouble yeah. with it. We saw him courtside on Monday night wearing sunglasses shades, because, he, yeah. because he can't get any light into the, the eye. He can't look upwards because no. of the, d- the damage to it. Um, this sort of thing doesn't heal quickly. No, doesn't. Um, how horrible news is it for him and how much does it affect what the Taipans might do? Yeah, it's awful. It sucks and I really feel for him because, uh, you know, he's, he's put so much work in and he's had an unbelievable season, you mm. know, good enough that he was in MVP conversations sure. for, for most of the season, you know, and then goes down with that ankle injury and then comes back for a game or two and then just absolutely 
gets his eye wrecked mm. and uh, he's, he's had no luck in this past month and yeah, look, you really do feel for him. Um, Have you ever copped an elbow from Dane Pino? <laughs> no, but I've copped an elbow from, from some guys with, uh, <laughs> with sharp elbows yes. and it's no fun. Mm. So, um, Who's yeah, the sharpest look, you've copped? Poor. Look, Mika had some mm. sharp elbows. Yes. So did Petrie. Yep. He had some sharp yep. elbows. Sean had some sharp elbows, <laughs> yes. you know. Yeah, there's there a few people that I reckon went home and actually sharpened them because, mm. uh, mm. yeah. But um, <laughs> no, look, I think... Uh, Cairns have proven that they're still very, very good mm. without Keanu in mm. there. You know, they went on that six-game win streak when he was out with yep. that ankle injury. And, you know, obviously against Adelaide, they were the walking wounded um, yep. and still almost got over the line with it. So, yep. look, I, I think they'll still fare well. But, uh, yeah, look, losing an MVP calibre guy is never good for your team. Mm. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they how they go. If you're the South East Melbourne Phoenix... What do you do this week? So for anyone that doesn't know, they don't play in in this final round because if you go back to round 12 when the New Zealand Breakers were having their COVID battles, the Phoenix had to back up and play the game against the Brisbane Bullets that the the Breakers were supposed to play, which now means that the game that the Phoenix were meant to play against Brisbane in this last round is now the Breakers playing that game. So they finished their season. They lost to Sydney on Sunday. They still played well. And before that, they'd won three in a row on the back of that that Brisbane loss that we thought mm-hmm. would cost them yeah. cost them their season, but they bounced back very well from that. But um, what the hell do they do this week? Do, do you still train? Do yeah. you still expect that you're going to be playing next week? Or absolutely, yeah. You know, you, you, it's a tough one, right? And I think that it's it's crap that they're not playing this round. Mm. That is that is really you know it's been very mismanaged by the league. And yeah. I feel like there is when, when they had to play that rescheduled game. They should have had another game rescheduled, so they still have Absolutely. one in this last round. There, there's no way that you can play a last round, especially these guys who have their season on the line. Yeah. There, there's no way that a team shouldn't play a game in the last round mm. of the season. Mm. You know, it's just it's ridiculous. And I understand. Look, it, it's a lot harder than just saying, "All right, you're going to play these guys." Mm. Then it's a lot harder than yeah. that. You know, you've got you got all sorts of things to take into consideration. And um, but. Uh, there had to be something that the league could have done, mm. you know. It's it, it's it's got to be frustrating for them because they will be out on the on the court all week, mm. getting ready just in case. Yeah. Because there's no way that you can be like, all right, well, hang out for a week <laughs> and we'll we'll see yeah. what happens. And then all yeah. of a sudden you're like, oh, we have to play in a day and we haven't trained in a week. Yeah. So except I think Mitch Craig was planning a trip to Bali. Well, yeah, that's probably <laughs> going to be pushed back. <laughs> but uh, look, who knows? Uh, it's it's got to be super frustrating. Yeah. Um, and look, it's it's it sucks that we're not going to see either the Phoenix or the Melbourne in the six because oh, you pre- you predicted that when we did these selections, you felt like one of those two would be the ones that yeah. that miss out. Yeah, and it it really sucks because you know Melbourne's been playing such good basketball. Like, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, yeah. if Melbourne makes it, I think they could seriously make a push for the championship. Absolutely, they're probably not most likely now not going to make it at all. Right, and. Yeah, it's and you know they've been again another team riddled with injuries and, and especially again, to again Shaylee's out yeah, yeah yeah especially to their stars you know Shaylee and then you know you've got the old heads like Barlow that have that have been out mm. with concussion as well and yeah I'm not sure we'll see him again no either. no so yeah frustrating but uh, look, lots to go on uh, in this last round and. I mean, there's going to be so much movement between now and when the when the season finishes. But the, the other negative for the Phoenix is that the teams that they're battling with for a playoff spot, 
they now will know what they need to do when they play yes. this weekend. So the Phoenix didn't have that luxury of knowing that they had to beat a team by a certain yep. margin to get in. But all of a sudden, when Melbourne potentially plays Adelaide on Sunday or the Wildcats play the Kings on, on Sunday, they know what they need to do exactly in terms of a, a margin, even even Adelaide if we want to want, yeah, to, yeah. want to include them. Yep. But they, they can't knock out the, the Phoenix um, because they can't get to 15 wins. But, no. you know, Melbourne or Perth will know on Sunday what they need to do to make it whereas the Phoenix didn't have that luxury. Yeah. No, they didn't. They didn't. And, uh, yeah, I mean... And we've seen some miracles. I, we, I remember that game, Brisbane against Cairns, going back a couple of years, and I think Brisbane had to win by 35 points to be a chance to make the playoffs. Yeah. And the Taipans... That was the season the Taipans made the playoffs yeah. still, but the Taipans had already locked in their spot. And I think, you know, Cam Glidden came out and went nuts, and the Bullets won that game by the margin they needed. And They came out yeah. firing. That was <laughs> so, so, unbelievable, So these sort, of, these sort of things, when you need a big margin, they can happen. Yeah, they can. They can, and... You know, crazier things have happened. So, we'll, we'll, I mean, it's it's going to be an interesting round. I think that, uh, yeah, it's obviously it's it's tough to see Adelaide winning. Um, I mean, they've got the team to be able to put the points on the board, but they don't have the team to be able to stop the yeah. other team from scoring as well. That's the issue. Um, let me rephrase that. They do have the team to stop the other team from scoring, but yeah. they don't do it. <laughs> Correct. So, um, no, look, yeah, again, look, it, it sucks for, for South East because it's now out of their hands. And, you know, it, it could be that, you know, that, that game against Perth where Melbourne coughed up a nine-point lead we with said, we said it at 35 the time. seconds. We said it at the time. Could be the decider in their season. and that uh, It will be. Yeah, most likely. I, I think looking at it, it, it probably will be the case. Now, Cody, before we get to Scott Innes and, and see if he survived his trip to the, <laughs> t- to the Gold Coast yep. la- last week, um, which individual performance do you rate higher out of round 17? Bryce Cotton's 40 points on, on Friday night mm-hmm. or Xavier Cooks's triple-double? Oh, I mean, look, a triple double is always always tough to get, and mm. he he went very quietly about getting it. Yeah, you know, he just he just played his game, and he's been flirting with a triple double pretty yes, much all season. Has, so that doesn't surprise me that mm. he did that. But Bryce just chucked the cats on his back. Yep. He just put them on their back, <laughs> said, "Let's go." <laughs> um, so that was that was super impressive, mm. and. Uh, Neither of those really count towards MVP voting, so... We'll, we'll, I'll ask you about that later. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's quite incredible. It is, it is. But, um, I mean, look, that 40 points in pretty much a must-win for Perth mm. was, was, was huge. I think that was probably the more impressive purely because, you know, Zave kind of just played Zave's game, yeah. you know, yes. <laughs> and, which, is, which is crazy to think, um, you know. But, uh, look, both extremely impressive. Um, but yeah, I mean, Zay fouling out didn't help. <laughs> well, we've seen it before with with Cooks, and again, once he fouled out on Sunday with three minutes to go, that's when the Phoenix got back into the game. Yeah, absolutely, and, and maybe uh, that's why he's an MVP. If that's if that's what ha- what happens when he's not on the court. Oh, for sure, for sure, and you know, it's no doubt that you know he's certainly one of the favourites for the MVP mm. because of his impact when he's on there. And well, although. If you take Creek out of the Phoenix or you take Cotton out of the Wildcats, you get something probably even more significant. Yeah, well, exactly. And I think that's why those three as the mm-hmm. finalists make perfect sense to yep. me. And again, we'll talk about that in a yep. second. Yep. But yeah, I mean, it's it's just huge. I mean, the fact that he's, he's got to somehow stay on the floor mm. because he's, he has been in foul trouble for a lot of games this season. Yep. And come playoffs, it's more physical and mm. he, he can't afford to do that. What about the best dunk that we saw cool. this week? We saw some. We, p- we potentially saw all of the nominees for the dunk of the year all in this past round. Yeah, we certainly did. Um, Brady Mannix mm. dunk and stomp <laughs> was awesome. I loved it. The celebration uh, was almost better than the dunk. Yeah, it was. It was. And then you know, going back to LT dunking on on Angus as well yep. down the middle. That yep. was big. Um, 
I think Justin Simons. Oh, that was that's what's, yeah. pretty good too. Yeah, yeah. Creaky made half a business decision <laughs> in kind of yeah. jumping, but jumping past him enough yeah. that you had to get a certain angle for it to look like he actually properly yeah. dunked on him. But I mean, he still contested, and that yeah. was that was huge. You could see him lining his steps up. Mm. Um, but I still think Zave over Isaac mm. early in the season has it covered yeah. Yeah. hands down. So all right, Cody, time for us to take a deep breath. I'll get to Scott Ninnis now with his Galen Award. Um, I'll put it to him that it was either Xavier Cooks or. Antonius Cleveland for their individual brilliant performances this weekend. Mm -hmm. If you're in his, his shoes, who would get the nod for the Galen Award this week? Oh, you'd think AC from mm -hmm. uh, from Adelaide and Cleveland, but uh, oh yeah, look, I think uh, he just he just did it again. You know, he mm -hmm. did what we've been talking about all season. Yeah, mm -hmm. end of a game, and it's basically him that wins it for them. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, be interesting to see what he says. All right, well, let's find out. <laughs> Okay, back on Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle and delighted to be joined once again, like every week, by the Adelaide 36ers Hall of Famer, the only man involved with every championship the 36ers have won. He's fresh back from the Gold Coast. We've got a 36ers win to talk about. Must be feeling a bit better than last week, Scott. It's all happening, mate. It's mm. a beautiful 27-degree day here in Adelaide and uh, as you said, the 36ers are coming off a win and it's, it's been a while, let's let Let's face it, uh, we've got the club MVP dinner coming up Friday week. Uh, another Hall of Fame inductee in, in uh, Mike Mackay, who's, yeah. who's a great mate of ours. So, uh, yeah, it is. It's, it's, there's some positivity around the place at the moment, which uh, we're excited about with a, with a couple of games to uh, to finish the season off and, and a mathematical chance to make the playoffs. <laughs> but we all know when we start talking about that, it, yes. uh, it probably uh, doesn't mean much. But... Uh, no, just nice to come off a win, mate. Most importantly, because we're talking to you, it means you survived that Gold Coast trip. Oh, my God, mate. <laughs> I was uh, a six- and an eight-year-old, and uh, all of us contained in one room, and uh, there was no escaping. So, uh, it, look, it, it, it was a nice trip. Uh, yeah, we enjoyed it. We did the, did the touristy thing and did SeaWorld on a couple of occasions and uh, Movie World and Wet and Wild, but... Let's just say it's, uh, it's nice to be home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I've got to ask. I mean, we've had a couple of different NBL teams on the Gold Coast. You've spent a week up on the Gold Coast. I know you didn't necessarily spend much time thinking or talking about basketball while you were there, but do you feel like a team could ever work back up, back on the Gold Coast? It's a tricky one, mate. I mean, I you know, I love... You, know, I, you hate to see all these teams that have gone by the wayside over the years and... Uh, you know, we used to enjoy the, the Gold Coast trip and, uh, you know, as, as well as the Newcastles and the Geelongs, mm. uh, you know, Townsville, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I, I don't know that, you know, the Gold Coast as a community, I guess it's, a, you know, there, there are your, your locals there, but it's also a fairly transient population. Mm. And I'm not sure, you know, whether it's AFL or NBL, that, it, that they've ever probably embraced enough to, for it to be an ongoing concern. Um, you know, I'd love to see, Canberra back in the league and, and Newcastle and you know Geelong you know even Townsville that I, I spent a year with yep. but 
Yeah, Gold Coast is a, is a tricky one. You know, like if if, if there was a, if you felt that there was a, you, you know, enough ground support there and and right facilities and that, yeah, look, it's it, it's awesome. I mean, it's just such a such a cool spot. We went and played there on New Year's Eve and in my last year as coaching. And unfortunately, I think the players are treated as, as New Year's <laughs> Eve rather than a game. And uh, uh, we lost that game. But uh, yeah, I, I do. I think it's always disappointing when these teams that have been in the league, uh, you, you know, drop out. And, uh, and I know the NBL is about expansion now. And I think that's exciting. Uh, whether it's Gold Coast is every, going to have the possibility to go back in again. I'm, I'm not so sure, but I think the, the, the NBL is obviously moving in the right direction anyways. No, for sure. Um, all right, before we get to the Galen winner for this week, Scott, um, and I think there's a couple of pretty obvious candidates that I'll throw your way. Um, interesting week for the 36ers. It was probably the worst possible time in some ways for a, a nine-day break on a, on the end of a five-game losing streak, but it could have gone one of two ways. They could have come out and treated these last three games like a like a holiday and not turned up to play, or they could have thrown everything out finishing the season on a high. It's Like you said, it's still highly unlikely that it'll end up in playoffs, but you can still get a lot out of finishing a season strongly. And going up to Cairns, and beating them on their home floor is a, a hell of a way to start this this last week of the season. I, I I took a lot of heart from the performance and the fight they showed because the Taipans certainly threw threw everything at them. Yeah, it was a, it was a weird game. I mean, mm. both teams almost looked like they didn't want to win those last couple <laughs> of minutes. You know, McCall had a couple of terrible turnovers. Yes. We had we had some ourselves, but you know, Cleveland hit a couple of really big shots, and it almost looked like there there was a you know a little bit of the pressure lifted off. You know, the thirty sixes mm-hmm. and that. It is easy to play that way, and and you know, it is important they finish the season off well. I mean, you know, who knows what next year holds? Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there are you know a bunch of guys already re-signed in the, you know McCarran and Sunday Detch and Cleveland and Franks. Yep. Um, Galloway, I think, uh, Nick Marshall. I mean, there's guys that are going to be there next year. So it is important to finish the season off in the right way. And, uh, you know, a win up there is, is, is huge. I mean, that, that, that's a, that's a big loss in, in mm. the whole scheme of things for, for Kansas as well. So it pretty much costs them a top two spot. Yeah, and that, and that is, as we know, that, that is huge. So yeah, it, it was, it was good. I mean, it, Especially after five losses in a row, you know things are starting to look you know pretty bleak after that. So you know you can see in their faces after the game that 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 was that was you know there was such a relief and joy to you know to get that win and uh, it doesn't get any easier, mate. We're going to come <laughs> no. back and play Sydney on on Friday and then Melbourne United away on on, on Sunday, but. Um, yeah, it was good to see, and it was good to see a smile on, smile on the faces, that's for sure. That was what I was going to mention to you. It was good to see them actually enjoy themselves. I don't know if it's looked like a team that's actually had a lot of fun this season, and CJ even talked after the game how earlier this week it felt like felt like everyone was getting ready for a funeral. The mood was that sort of bleak around the place, but once they got to Cairns, he felt like the mood sort of shifted, and gee, it was good to see them actually enjoy, enjoy basketball again in the, in that game. It was, and losing will do that to you, unfortunately. Yeah. And, and and then it becomes a drag, and you start wondering where that next that next win is going to come from. But it, it is. I mean, this is a you know it's a game that's meant to be enjoyed, and and, and if you can't play it and love it and, and enjoy it for the moments it provides during the game and, and your teammates and, and your team and club, it, it does become a bit of a grind. So yeah, it was. It was it was good to see some of that raw emotion and. And and joy, if if, mm. if you want to use that word, it's it, it's great to see. And 
obviously it's a fine line when you when you're losing it's pretty hard to, to find enjoyment out of things but um you know you, you know we've watched you know, you know we go to every home game and obviously watch all their games as you know and you know there's been times you know even in winters this year where you know they don't look like they're enjoying themselves and that's tough i mean that's I guess that makes for a long season when you when you can't get that sort of uh, enjoyment out of the day to day basis. So yeah, it was it was great to see. It was uh, and hopefully we uh, we see a little bit more of that on Friday as well. No, for sure. Um, all right, let's get to the Galen winner for round seventeen, Scott. Thanks to our friends at Sports Card World, and I've got two men to throw at you. Feel free to add someone else to the mix if you like, but. Really hard to go past a guy who has a triple-double for the first time in a couple of years in the NBL. First time for 15 years from a, a Sydney Kings player. Xavier Cooks did that um, on Sunday against the Phoenix. So really hard to go, pa- go past him, I think, as one of the candidates. And the other one was from the 36ers again, I think. I've mentioned it a few times, but once Antonius Cleveland puts on that Superman cape and, and wills the 36ers to victory, they're really tough to stop. And, you know, he hit some big shots, but some of those defensive plays late in the game as well. And the seal at the end on McCall to win the game was was massive. Um, would you like to pick one of those two or, or did somebody else jump out? Well, two pretty good candidates, mate. And uh, I think just, you know, just on Cleveland, I think he, he gives you a great basis to build a team around next mm. year. And, and I'm not sure, you know, where they're going to go, um, you know, the, in regards to to other players, imports, all that sort of stuff. But that, that energy that he provides and, and what he can Bottle into a two or three minutes is 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 unbelievable. You know, it's just extraordinary the that effort that he can turn on and and get steals and dive on the ball and and hit big shots. And uh, but I think Xavier Cooks is, is probably it for me uh, this week with a you know with with a triple double. I uh, you know like he's he's obviously a really exciting player and he's uh, you know a couple of the highlights that he's provided this year is. Is has just been incredible. So, so for me, it's it's, it's Xavier Cooks this this week. Um, just like to add just a just a little sideline to that. I mean, we've seen this week that all the um, candidates, top mm. three candidates, come out for all the awards, and and you know, I've, I've no doubt that Xavier Cooks is going to win the MVP of, of of the league this year. I'm I'm not sure that that should happen. Mm. I think you know it's been rammed down our throats from day one uh, by all of sundry that that. That he's it. Uh, I I just think you know they talk about in the NBA with voter fatigue about you know not voting guys because they've won championships before uh, MVPs yeah. before. Um, Bryce Cotton's still the best player in this league, yeah. mate. Like I mean, you, you take him out of that Wildcats team and you know they they struggle to win games. Yeah. I mean, you take Xavier Cooks. I mean, they've still got. Yeah, Walton. They still got uh, DJ. You know, yeah, they've still got some incredible players. So to to me, I I've I no doubt that Xavier Cooks is going to win the MVP. I don't think he should. I think it should still be Bryce Cotton. But it's uh, anyway. There's a little sideline <laughs> for me anyway. So the remarkable uh, thing is that. I imagine if Keanu Pinder didn't get injured late in the season, I don't know if Bryce would have even been one of those top three candidates, which is incredible. And that's ridiculous too. And 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 and, and the other thing is too. Uh, yeah, once again, I, I this I, I'm not underestimating Xavier Cook's no, sure, ability at all. Don't don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, he's still one of those few guys you start a team with and, and build a team around. But he's a guy that you know, averaging you know, sixteen or seventeen points. Like 
like Xavier Cooks and, and uh, Keanu Pinder. Mm. You know, is, is that MVP level? And I know there's, there's a lot more to go in the scoring, so don't, oh, don't sure. get me wrong. I mean, defense, rebounding, you know, helping your team win. Oh, I just think that we overlooked Bryce Cotton mm. because of how good he's been for so long. You know, like it's just, we, we almost take him for granted. And uh, we've talked about him in, you, you know, you know, all-time teams yeah. now and, and where he belongs. And, and he just keeps doing it every year. And you're talking to a guy, you know, who's probably 5'11 or 6'0 yeah. on, a, on a good day. Yeah. Um, that is is just unstoppable. So, uh, once again, I've got nothing against, mm. uh, you know, and Mitch Creek has, yeah. has had an MVP type season as well. I mean, he's he's been nothing sort of astonishing as well. But uh, um, good luck to everyone. <laughs> uh, let's, let's hope let's hope Cleveland wins the defense play of the year so we get get something to cheer about in the end of season award. Well, but, that, uh, that's a that's a whole other discussion. The fact that Justin Simon isn't one of the candidates as well. So so I think I think almost by default Cleveland. Cleveland wins that award now? Well, I think, uh, and this will be controversial from a 36er like myself, but I, to me, I think Shale is the best defender in the league. Oh, I think he's, he's, and maybe that's me being old school and a throwback to a guy that is just an absolute lockdown defender. Mm. Uh, I don't I, disagree, but at the same time, he, he's only played half the games for enough. the season. Oh, and there's old mate Brett Maher just <laughs> cheering on the background going, he hasn't played enough. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Nothing like him wanting to be part of the conversation, <laughs> is there? So, uh, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm a bit surprised Justin Simon's not part mm. of that uh, part of that equation as well. Well, well, we've got the demo to best defensive award as part of the show, and Justin Simon's runaway leader on Damien Martin's leaderboard. So, I know Damo's Damo surprised, and he'll be handing the award to somebody that he'll be surprised about handing it to as well. And I reckon he knows one or two things mm. about uh, playing defense too, old Damo. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, Scott, it's been fun to catch up again. Before I let you go quickly, how big is Friday night? Whether or not it means anything in terms of a playoff spot or not, how big is it for the 36ers to reward what's probably going to be another record crowd and put in a good performance for, for the loyal home fans? It, what, what this club has done off the court this year is, is nothing short of astonishing. And, and they're, they're, they've just said, uh, just put it out there now, there's only single seats left. And I think they said 36 in total. So, you know, out of a 9,500 capacity stadium. So it, it's it's really important for these fans that have, that have sold out five games in a row, I yeah, think it is now, so. um, to, to put on put on the right performance and, and give, you know, give those fans hope, you know, Going into the next season, that you know, that, you know, because we haven't been great at home. We, no, that's no great secret. But um, you know, I show these fans that you know, paying their hard earned every week to come out and absolutely have a crack. I mean, it's, why wouldn't you? You know, mm-hmm. the, you know, there's players playing for contracts. You know, but also I just uh, and I've said it before. What uh, what what the club has done off the court this year with uh, you know from Grant Kelly down to Nick Barbado and 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 his team. You know, from a getting bums on seats and from a sponsorship point of view is. Is um is unbelievable. Like it, it really is. So uh, yeah, let's hope we have a good showing and uh, you know get out there and jag another win. No, look for, look forward to it, Scott. And we'll be back next week to wrap up the season and to get your get, we'll get your award winners. We'll chat a bit more about Mike McKay and look forward to catching up again. No worries, mate. Anytime.
Okay, I'm back now with Cody on Hoop Seven's Basketball Hustle. Um, before we get back into our discussion about the award nominees, Cody, um, Scott had some interesting points to make, and we heard Brett Maher in the background disagree with what he was saying. <laughs> so I'm interested to get your thoughts. So Scott feels like Shayili is the best defender in the league, and I don't disagree with no, that. Not at all. So he feels like he should be the the winner of the Damien Martin Award for this year. Um, your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, we spoke about it before, and look, I, I totally agree. I think Illy is probably one of the best defenders in the league. Mm. I'm not going to say the best because we have a lot of really good defenders mm. in the league, and it's it's kind of hard to, to pick a, a best. Yeah. But he certainly is one of the best defenders in the league, mm. absolutely, hands down. But again, can't play half a season and win mm. an award like this mm. or any of these awards. Which was know? Brett Maher's point as well. Yeah. And the, when he was in the background with his red wine in hand. Yeah, exactly. So, look, I, I think it's just – it has to come into play, the fact that you play a certain amount of games. It, mm. it just has to. Mm. And, you know, like I mentioned before, you saw how much different Melbourne are with him out on the floor defensively. Mm. So I do get that. And he, just, he doesn't just, you know, defend his guy. It's mm. – the whole defensive schemes change for them, mm. and they, you know, he's the one helping, he's the one diving on the floor, and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So, like, I do understand Scott's point, but yeah. I, I still think that <laughs> there needs to be a certain amount of games played. Mm. It needs to be more than half a season. I, I think so too. Um, now, before I read through who the nominees are, what do you think of the process? So, the way the awards come about is that. Um, a media contingent comes up with the candidates for each award and then they send that list out to the coaches and captains of each team and then the coaches and captains decide on, make their votes and they can't vote for their their That's own right. yep. their own team teammates. So they make their votes on each of their, their awards and then based on those votes, the top three candidates are, are decided. Is that the right way to do it? Um, look, I think yes-ish. <laughs> it's it's tough because like voting on one of these or on some of these awards is 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 hard to do mm. and i think it it kind of carries more weight when it is decided by your peers yeah, right? yeah for sure. so um you know rather than having you know some of the commentators and, mm. the, and the media personnel voting on it i think it does carry more weight when it's the coaches you're playing against the players you're playing against um but I, th- I think there still needs to be little asterisks mm. next to some of them. Um, so, yeah, look, uh, I think the more I think about it too, the the frustrating thing of not seeing the uh, Rookie of the Year award yes. in there, um, all for the Next Gen Award. Well, like we talked all about, why not have both? Yeah. I, just, I think they could have easily yeah. kept both. Yep, yeah, I think so too. And, and again, you know, not to harp on the same things we've been harping mm. on, you know why change it with three rounds to go? Yeah. So, but look, I, I think I think pretty much all of these guys are deserving of, mm. of all the awards. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think it's I think it's done well. I think it is done well. Yeah, I, that part of it is I think the right way to do it. But yeah. in, in this day and age, where with technology, I think you could get the votes back from the coaches and captains. Mm-hmm. Within minutes, if yeah. you if you send out the nominees, yeah. I don't think it would take long. No, why can we not do it after the last regular season game this week instead of with two rounds to go? Where we've heard the MVP talk about how it might depend on where your team finishes if yeah. you should be an MVP or not. Yeah, you can't make that decision before you know where that team's going to finish. No, so all these are done with it. You know, two or three weeks to go in the season. Is that is that fair? No, I don't think so. Um, you know, you, you get 
most of the season, mm. but you know that's that's not what the award is. It's not you know award for MVP for most of this <laughs> NBL season. It's yeah. for the season, yeah. right? Yeah. And, you know you, you see the performances of Bryce dropping mm. forty, Zave getting his triple double. Mm. None of that technically counts towards <laughs> it because it's all already been voted yeah. on. Yeah. So and some the only question mark over Cotton from some comments this season about being MVP is that he can't win it if his team doesn't make the playoffs or if yeah. they're not one of the top teams. But yeah. they still could be depending on how this last last week goes. Well, that's it. And you know, it could be that again he just puts them on his mm-hmm. on his back and says, "Let's go." Yeah. Um, as we've seen so many times before in the past. Well, if they have two big wins this weekend, it's almost hard to deny him being the yeah. MVP. But it's already decided if he is or yeah, isn't. It is, and it's. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough one for Bryce because because of his greatness over the, since he's been in the league, mm. it's almost like he's got to be so much better than the next person to win it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We've seen his numbers this year. They're almost better than any other season yep. he's had yep. all the way across the board, mm. you know? Like every, nearly every stat is yep. above what mm. he has done in the past. And he's won what? Is it three, three. MVPs? Yep. Yeah. Like it's just... <laughs> realistically, like, that should be your hands-down MVP, mm. you know. But you, you see guys, you know, like Zave and, and like uh, like Creaky that have had unbelievable years as well. So, yeah, look, I, I don't think it's right that it's not mm. – that it's only part of the season. Mm. I mean, I, I get it's, it's – it is a big majority of the season mm. that, you, that you get to look at. But it's the still, most important part that isn't. This is now, yeah, exactly. This last, especially this year with the six, yeah, and how much movement there's been, and how close it is, all the way down to you know eight teams. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 not right that these last couple of rounds haven't counted. So on the back of that, Cody, I won't force you to make your selections until we've seen the whole season. So okay. So after Sunday's game, we'll make our selections on the award winners, but. I'll run through the nominees, and if anything stands out, let me know. So we've already been through the MVP with Bryce Codden, Mitch Creek, Xavier Cooks, Coach of the Year, Chase Buford, Adam Ford, Modi Mayor. Very tough to, to argue yeah. with that. Most Improved, um, Sean McDonald, Keanu Pinder, Will McDowell-White. Again, hard to argue. Yep. Best Six Man. It's almost not even worth saying the next no. two names, is it? No, we've got Barry not. Brown Jr., but then also Rashad Kelly and Tyler Johnson. Best Defensive Player, which we've talked about, Antonius Cleveland, Shay Ely, Derek Pardon. Yep. Next generation, Sam Froling, Luke Travis, Sam Wardenberg. Tough to argue with all of those. Yep. The only one I want to ask you about, yep. would you have Luke Travis or Brady Manick in the next gen award if you had to pick one of the Wildcats? Um, depends on what part of the season you're talking <laughs> yeah. about, you know? Because Brady started off and mm. everyone was calling for his head, yep. you know? It wasn't until probably halfway through the season yep. that he really started to catch fire. That came in Adelaide. Yeah, yeah. you know, and... Um, LT's had a decent year, but he did go through a big patch of the season where he was almost not worth him being out there, sure. you know. And I think he was trying to find his feet a little bit, and he probably had you know all the pressure on the world on his shoulders, which mm-hmm. I totally understand after mm-hmm. being drafted and all that sort yeah. of stuff. You've got so many eyes on you, so you, you know. Again, it's only been the probably the second half of the season that he's really turned it on. Mm. I, I do think that. Uh, they they probably forgot that Manic is is in this category to be <laughs> honest with you yeah. you know so but look I, I think LT is tough to go by and I think there'd be some some people arguing why an NBA draftee is not in this award so yeah for sure um, that doesn't surprise me that LT is in there and and again he's probably deserved of the award as well so. yeah all right Cody so I'll let you watch the last round and then you can decide on the winners of each of those awards and we'll 
announce them yep. next week once we know who's making who's make who's made the playoffs and who's who's going to be playing in those playing games. Yep. Now let's get to round eighteen, last round of the regular season, Cody. Um, before actually before I get to that, I want to get your thoughts on Tim Conrad. Mm. More than likely, he's about to play his last two NBL NBL games. We've, we've said that. For we've the said past that about him. <laughs> we've said that before, so we won't lock it in. Um, officially until he comes out and announces his retirement. But even then, as we saw with Dave Barlow, that can change quickly. Yep. But more than likely, these will be his last last two games because he's been playing as an in- injury replacement mm-hmm. this season. He's still done a terrific job. He's still one of one of the great great people of the league, yep. one of the great great leaders of that Hawks organisation, someone that you called a teammate for a long time. Give me your thoughts on, on what he's done. Oh, look, he's had an unbelievable career. And, you know, he's. I'm sure he will... Well, he's... he's Games played is is right up there, you know. Now in the in the Hawks um, all times, so I think he's just under Savin Campbell. I think uh, he's just right, behind yeah. those guys in games played and um, three hundred and seventy two. It's right a now. lot of games. Yeah. It's a lot of games, and you know he's he's been a staple for that club for since he started there. Yeah. Really, I remember his rookie season, the same yep. rookie season as Jesse Wagstaff. Yeah, it was remarkable. Ended up playing in the grand final against each other that year, and yep. they battled for the rookie of the year together. They were the top two for the award that year, and this might be their their last season together too. Yeah, yep, and I think that. Uh, you know, being that one club man is 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 massive. Mm. Um, you know, you, you don't see that a whole lot these days. Um, t- players seem to chop and change a bit, and it's it's a bit of a revolving door usually with clubs. So, super impressive that he's been able to do that. And um, look, if this is his last two games, then heck of a heck of a career. Um, and you know, happy that he was able to stay with the Hawks and and still make an impact for mm. that club. Um, and I'm sure. Even after he stops playing, he'll still be involved still be with the club. Sure. And that, that was his plan yeah. for three years ago. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, look, uh, congrats to Timmy. Um, you know, if he does hang him up, mm. we're, not, we're not sure. But, uh, yeah, massive career. And uh, I was uh, very fortunate to, to play three seasons with him. Yeah, I, I got the feeling when I asked him after their last game if how he was feeling and... I think he's pretty resigned to the fact that these will be his last two games and he's hoping to go out go out on a high, but more importantly to, to thank the, the Wollongong community. So he gets that chance firstly mm-hmm. on Thursday night in this game against the New Zealand Breakers. Yep. Do you give them any chance to play play the upset role? Uh, look, I think New Zealand get that one done. I think they are in a bit of a different case than, say, Sydney mm. um, in that, well, they still need to win to, if they want to finish second. They well, still they need do. to win their last two games. They certainly do. And I think with how they've played you know, over the past few rounds, I think they still need to try to find their stride a little bit yep. going into playoffs. So um, I think New Zealand come out and, and get that one done. Two big games on Friday night. I want to ask you about the Doomsday Double. I thought this was a thing that finished in the, back in the 90s yeah. or the early 2000s. Clearly not. I don't know if you ever played a Doomsday Double, Cody, when you were at Sydney or Wollongong. But So the Sydney Kings start that on Friday night in Adelaide, then they come to Perth on, on Sunday. Um, fascinating game, this one, against the 36ers. So the Sixers technically can still make it. But more importantly for them, I think they want to reward their home fans. More than likely, they'll set a new record in the entertainment centre. It probably, probably will be a doubt sellout for them, their last home game. Mm-hmm. What happens? Um, tough one. Look, Adelaide's going to come out firing all cylinders because they know that they've got a a win by twenty something. Yeah. Um, and and B just just at least get a, a win. Yeah. So, I think it's a tough one because I don't know if anyone would want to run into Adelaide come finals, oh. especially in a single game. Yeah, especially if they find a way to make it, they would have had to have an incredible weekend. So they'll go in with, with all, all, the, all the momentum. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So look, I think I think Sydney come out 
ready and raring to go, especially in front of what, again, like you said, potentially a, a record crowd mm. again. Mm. Well, I think they'll come out and, and get it done and finish Adelaide's season. So then we'll be down to down to seven after that. Yes. And one of those will be the Perth Wildcats. So you need to need to win to to stay where they are inside the top six. They host the Cairns Taipans. We talked about it earlier. What do the Taipans do in this game? Do they throw everything at trying to win or with the potential that they have to play their first playing game potentially the following Thursday or, or Friday mm-hmm. with Taju McCall banged up, DJ Hogue having played huge minutes, Sam Wardenberg having to play a big role in and battling physically as well. Shannon Scott's played big minutes. Yep. What sort of type ends team does Adam Ford throw out there? And for the Perth Wildcats' point of view, how much do they hope that Ty Webster can play? Yeah, I think getting Ty back will be big for them. But I think Norto has proved yep. how, how good he can be for that unit. So hopefully if, if Ty does come back and play, that, that doesn't hinder Norto's minutes mm-hmm. um, because you know he came out and was... Was huge defensively, yep. you know, just completely shut down Tyler Harvey. He did, and that's the Nordo we know, and yep. that's the Nordo that we thought we'd see all season. Mm-hmm. And oh, I was, I was loving it. Um, but look, I think it's a tough one. Perth isn't a happy stomping ground for Cairns or Forty. Adam Ford still has never beaten yeah. the Wildcats as a coach. Yeah, so look, a lot's got to go into getting this win. Mm. I think he'll still give it a crack. I don't think Forty's one of those guys, and I don't think that team is, is no. a team that is going to. Just be like, ah, we'll just go out and play. It doesn't mm. matter the result. Mm. I think they'll come out trying to win. Mm. But I do think that the Cats get this one. I think just at the moment they've got too much firepower. And I think Cairns being, like we said, they're just limping towards the, the playoffs. Mm. Um, so I think we'll see late in the in the second half, you know, 40 probably start to pull some of those guys that play bigger minutes. And, and I'd say a lot of Mirko Jerick and a lot of Jonah Antonio and a lot of three-pointers from those Very two. possible. Very possible. And who knows, that could... It could work. Could, could work <laughs> in a, in a non shooters gym, mm. but uh, yeah, look, I, I think cats get it done purely just because they got too much firepower and, and cans with with how they are right now. Saturday, another double header. So the Illawarra Hawks, their last game of the season against the Tasmania Jack Jumpers, who all they need to do is win, yep. and they're guaranteed of playing in the in the playoffs once again. Yeah, well, a danger game because sure you know is. Hawks are Hawks are tough. You know they they've proven over the past geez probably a couple months now. Yep. They they don't really get blown out. Mm. That game against the Cats was wasn't till the last like two last minutes yeah. <laughs> yeah. that uh, that it really blew out to twenty. But they've been in games, and uh, you know Tassie doesn't look the same defensively. You know, no, not. it's um it's it's interesting to see, and I'm sure Scott Roth will have them up and running and mm. and ready to go, and especially in a must win. Look, I, th- I think I think Tassie get it done, but not without a bit of a scare. I reckon. Then we've got, ignore what's in front of you, it's the Brisbane Bullets against <laughs> the New Zealand Breakers. So it's the, the make-up game from earlier in the season. Yep. Again, the Breakers, if they if they win this, they're guaranteed of finishing second as long as they took care of business on Thursday night as well. But yep. but again, the Bullets have been playing playing pretty well. They had they a bit, bit of a slip-up in their, in, their, in their last couple, but yep. they've been playing much better. Um, and again, they're another team that wants to reward their home fans. Yeah, well, their fans have been unbelievable. You know, still coming out in droves and and supporting their team, even though they've not exactly had a great season. So, um, you know, that that's awesome. And I'm sure Brizzy will want to um, reward their fans somehow. So hopefully it's, they put on a good show. But again, I think New Zealand still trying to trying to carry a bit of momentum yep. through the playoffs. I, I think they come out um, and, and get that one. Sunday, last game of the regular season. These two games could mm. end, could 
mean everything for, for, for the teams involved. Well, they could mean nothing, depending on what's happened earlier in the weekend. We'll have to wait and see. But first up, Melbourne United against the Adelaide 36ers. And I think it's just about a sellout at John Kane Arena, their yeah. first home game of the of the year because of, of the tennis inside, mm-hmm. inside Melbourne Park. Melbourne United, they could still be a chance to win if they have a massive win. I think they need to... To knock out the the Phoenix, they need to win by 41 points. Um, But depending on other results, they might still be able to knock out the Wildcats, depending on what happens there. Um, Or even the 36ers, if they've won on on Friday, might still be an outside-of-outside chance. What happens? Oh, look, I think it's very determined on how the game against the Kings go for Adelaide. Because this is not a team that is going to try and prove a point if they're out of the playoff race. It's a team full of guys that are going to try and get their own. And we've kind of seen that throughout the year already, right? Which is why they're in this situation. Mm -hmm. So if they lose to Sydney and this game doesn't matter for them... They'll play like that. They will. They (laughs) will. It'll be a very individual game. Mm. Um, You'll see see Franks try and get his, which I I reckon... um, And that can be dangerous. You know, guys not really caring and just trying to go and, and just hoop... How many points did McCall put up in that last game of the regular season last year? It was 40-something. 40 40. It was 40-something. potentially? Yeah. Against Brisbane? Yeah. So, you know, they'll just go out and play free, I think. Mm. So that, that can be dangerous. But I think Melbourne will um, be ready and raring to go. And, again, with their season completely on the line and partially in their hands. But mm. I, th- I think Melbourne get that one done. And then last up, the Perth Wildcats and the Sydney Kings. Potentially the Wildcats will need to win to make the make the playoffs. Again, the Kings are just playing to to keep their momentum going yep. more, more than anything. But I'm sure they would never like to hand the Wildcats anything. Never. If they could end the Wildcats' playoff hopes, I'm sure that that would be almost as good as them winning a championship in some <laughs> I'm sure. in, in some ways. The Kings would take great delight in that. Um, what happens in this one? I think the Cats get up and go into playoffs riding all sorts of momentum. Mm-hmm. So I think... Uh, Look, again, Sydney's not going to fall over and just let you have it. And mm. then Again, they're not that team. Um, Chase Buford is not that coach. <laughs> so it'll be a fight, but I think Cats get it. And like I said, ride all kinds of momentum mm. into the into the six and, and into playoffs and um, will be a dangerous, scary team. I wouldn't want to come up against them. All right, Cody. We'll wait and see how that all plays out. We'll come back next week and see see how close we got and we'll, we'll have the play-in tournament to look forward to starting starting next week. I'm going to throw a curveball at you before you we wrap up this, this week's show. Shane Hill was your coach at the, at the Sydney Kings. Do you have any sort of insight into what has happened to him at the Sydney Flames? Because he's no longer the coach there and there's been absolutely no announcement, yeah. no acknowledgement of it, except that he's no longer the coach and they have a new coach, but there was no acknowledgement that he's departed. Right. And now his daughter, Shyla, has signed with the Townsville Fire for the rest of the season <laughs> and she'll be part of their playoff push. Yeah. I've, Any I've, insights? Zero insights that <laughs> no one else doesn't already know. Um, I'm following it along on Twitter mm. like uh, like everyone else. And yeah, fairly uh, fairly interesting. So, because it was a very sudden departure and now Shyla playing mm. playing up, uh, up in Queensland. And I believe she's uh, released for this weekend yeah, as she, well. She has so. to play. She has to play every game from now on. And they play twice in Perth this week and she'll be playing both. Well, very interesting when those two teams match up, which I think happens in a couple of weeks. Mm. So... <laughs> That'll be, uh, yeah, must-watch TV, I reckon. Never quiet with Shane Hill, is it? He's never. Ne- he's never departed a club without some sort of controversy. No, no. And look, when he when he departed Sydney, he at least said it in the press conference. Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, this is very interesting. I'll be uh, interested to see what happens and what's announced and mm. how it's announced and yes. what went down. And I'm sure we'll hear both sides of the story. So that'll uh, be uh, 
I'm looking forward to, to reading that. It'll be fascinating to hear the different sides of the story yes. too and, and work out what, what really happened in between. But thanks for joining us once again, Cody. I'm glad you, you, you were able to escape the warehouse yeah. for a little bit. I know yeah. that's where you have to run back to right now, but it's been fun catching up again. We'll come back next week and see how it's all played out. But what are your final thoughts for this week before you, you head off? Oh, looking forward to see to seeing the six, to seeing the final six. And um, it's, look, there's always there's going to be at least one team that is deserved to make this six that won't make it, unfortunately. And but that's that's the breaks, and it's going to be a, a heck of a last round.